0: The information was rapidly changing at the time, but I feel like it's kind of stabilized out now about as far as what we know about the virus.
1: Um.
0: Time to restart the
1: pre-roll. <laughs> <laughs> that- Hey, guys, Dan from The Overrun here. Uh, this is a special episode. Uh, we are looking at the same situation. If you haven't been living in the Unabomber shack, uh, you know that COVID-19 vaccines are being released to the general public uh, and to at-risk populations. And if you're a clinician or in healthcare, care, uh, you are in that high-risk population. Um, Any, you know, other emergency services as well. Uh, There's a lot of hospital uh, employees. So there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of myths out there. Um, There is, I'm, I gotta be honest, guys, I don't know what you think, but, um, you know, Mike, Kevin, Joe, Caroline. I've been seeing a lot of people putting some weird stuff up. So I thought we, you know, I think we need to break down the myths and let's start talking about what the truths are behind this, because I think this is a really important development. I think this is where we're going to turn the corner on COVID.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, You know, I think just to give everyone background of the time we're recording this, which is, you know, December 2020, uh, the country's surpassed 16 million cases of COVID, Uh, over 300,000 dead Um, in New Jersey alone, 16,000 dead, Um, you know, reading some statistics saying this is more people that are dying in certain wars, Um, depending where you are in the country, hospitals are running out of staff, either due to illness, or just don't have safe ratios to treat the amount of patients that are coming in. Um, You know, so I think we're in an interesting place uh, as far as how, you know, this vaccine will roll out and public perception of it. Um, So I think, you know, first thing we can talk about is, you know, how vaccines work in general Um, and to keep everyone like not too sleepy as you're listening to this, I'll just keep it to mRNA vaccines, right? So, you know, this COVID vaccine that's being released, the three different variants of it are all mRNA vaccines, which are safe vaccines. Um, So basically the way it works is scientists isolate what's called a spike protein. I'm sure we've all seen that famous picture of COVID with the gray ball and those red dots on the edge of it. So those are the red dots they're talking about is the spike protein, which helps the virus attach to cells that gets, you know, boiled down in the lab and isolated. Then it gets inserted into a nanoparticle and that nanoparticle gets up, t- up taken by the cell. And then the cell breaks open that nanoparticle and there's parts of the virus inside. And those parts of the virus inside are spread up to the surface of your cells inside of your body. And that allows your body to say, hey, I have this like foreign viral cell in here without getting the infection and you're able to create an immune response to it so that's my quick one minute how do mrna vaccines work without making you fall asleep
1: but they but they don't they don't but i heard on faces i can't face world or whatever we're going to call it uh yeah some of the other things you know that's that's Interesting. And, you know, the, you know, there's so many other misconceptions about this and that's why we have to know, know this stuff because as clinicians, we gotta get around the corner on this. I mean, these numbers are stunning. These numbers are insane. Um, I remember we first did a couple of shows on COVID. We did one show on COVID in the spring and it was, we had to do another show a week later because everything in that show was completely wrong. Um, and now we've learned how to treat this illness but it still has some really serious sequelae. I mean, that's what scares me, too, is, is the randomness of it. You know, like, this is not something, like, we can point to a population and say, they're going to get really sick and die. These people are fine. This is totally random. You can have somebody, to, you, I, I've seen 80-year-olds in long-term care facilities get this and survive and have no issues. I've seen 30-year-olds gasping for air. Mm-hmm. There's no rationale to any of this. So, you know, go back, so, you know, go back to the thing. I mean, traditional vaccines, they, they make proteins and they do stuff like this. This was just mRNA or messenger RNA. And was that why it was able to be done so fast? Because I know that's a concern of a lot of people. Maybe we should bust that myth that this thing hasn't been studied or this thing was thrown together too fast and it's not proven, um, which I think is personally is bull. But I kind of wonder, like, why, you know, I know somebody's going, oh, yeah, well, why, why, how do we get this so fast? It takes years to do, uh, you know, one of these shots. And, you know, they're just spinning it out there. And, you know, that's, that's a myth I think we got to break.
2: Well, I mean, that's an easy myth to break. mRNA vaccines have been in research for over 30 years. Um, if I recall, <clears throat> the research has started actually in Hungary. Um, and this all is particularly with um, coronavirus cases. It all started with SARS-1. If you all remember the SARS pan, um, epidemic, and MERS, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. Um, so coronavirus oh, is the
1: first diseases we all learned how to put PPE on. Per,
2: correctly. That's right. Nobody ever taught us that, <laughs> right? So mRNA vaccines have been in development for, all, for a long time. And um, Mike's got a little bit more data about the efficacy of them and how safe they are for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, all all vaccines are safe. I mean, if you, so the question is, you know, would you rather get the disease or would you rather suffer, you know, some odd sequelae of a vaccine? Um, But I can talk about that in a second. I mean, regarding the first point, you know, how was this developed too fast or the concerns about that, which I think is understandable because, you know, about a year ago, this was not even an idea in anybody's head what COVID is. Um, And now all of a sudden the government and all these big health bodies are telling you to inject this thing in your arm. Um, So, you know, COVID, you know, SARS-CoV-2 lends you to think there's a SARS-CoV-1, which there is, which was that SARS that was going around most of Asia many years ago, followed by MERS. So that affected a lot of those countries similar to how COVID's affecting us. You know, they went into lockdown, they got very sick over there, hospitals became overwhelmed in some instances. So there was a lot of research started on building a vaccine for coronaviruses at a baseline. Um, so SARS-CoV-2, you can think of as a brother to SARS-CoV-1. So a lot of the background work and baseline data was already in to develop a vaccine. So as I previously mentioned about mRNA, mRNA vaccines in particular, uh, it's the spike protein that is isolated and really develops the specific immunity to the virus. Um, there's a lot of other background research that goes in to develop that baseline, kind of you add the spike protein on top. So, you know, SARS-CoV-1 shares all the same genetic data uh, for the most part as SARS-CoV-2, except those spike proteins and a few other small things, but really those spike proteins. So all we had to do to really develop a vaccine rapidly and safely was identify that spike protein, which was identified very rapidly um, afterwards, which is how we knew it was a novel coronavirus at the time. I, you know, that term has been overused a million times. So you know, how then, you know, let's say this spike protein was identified sometime in like January or February, I believe. And now we have a vaccine less than a year later. Now, is that too quick of a time? And I would say no, it's not because it still went through all the normal phases of a clinical trial that have to be done here in the United States. The United States is one of the safest countries in the entire world to get a drug. You, you, they have to go through so many hoops to make sure things are safe. And these vaccines went through all these hoops. Nothing was expedited uh, as far as safety is concerned. Things were expedited as far as research and development is concerned. And how were they expedited? Because people dumped a butt ton of money, like billions of dollars that have never been pushed before for vaccine development in the entire history of the world uh, went into developing this vaccine. So you know it's not unreasonable uh, that a vaccine was developed. I understand the concern over it, but it is absolutely safe. Uh, you know, the baseline part of the vaccine was already developed. It was just identifying that spike protein and then making it into a, an appropriate vector to deliver it, a.k.a. that mRNA nanoparticle that gets, you know, inserted into you uh, and then broken down into your cells. I, I shouldn't think- use the word nanoparticle. I feel like it kind of sounds like some.
1: Oh, easy, my God. They're <laughs> starky. Like a This is how they get the nanobots inside you, man. Yeah,
2: trust me. You're not worth microchipping. Relax. So, (laughs) um, yeah, to kind of break off from Mike's point about how quickly it was developed in a little bit more simplistic terms, there was no red tape. There was no bureaucrats. There was no budget committees. This was all hands on deck. Every scientist we got who's capable of working on this. And, you know, it's kind of... If anything, it should be more about how amazing we were able to develop a, a vaccine so quickly and safely from multiple companies. It wasn't one company, but it was
3: the bean really counters. And the,
2: yeah, the bean, it's like, a, like the game of pandemic, man. If somebody develops a vaccine, you know, man, the virus loses, right? So, yeah, like a lot of the red tape, the for lack of a better term, the non-scientists, the suits, um, and the bean counters weren't really a factor in drug development here. This was like you said, billions upon billions of dollars in a global effort to do this. If anything, that should inspire people to want to take this because there's been such a collaborative effort to get through all the minutiae and all the problems that come with developing any drug, much less a vaccine for a global pandemic.
0: Yeah, I like to say it's the equivalent in healthcare of what the Manhattan Project was for World War II Mm -hmm. and the development of the atomic bomb. I mean, that was truly a scientific race to develop nuclear weaponry and, and you know an insane amount of money at that time was thrown and effort by scientists from that were abducted from certain parts of the world to come here to the united states so sorry kev go on
2: mike may i offer a uh, maybe maybe the, the the space race would might be a better one less people dying and having long-term from radiation poisoning Let, and, from the and and unless less scientists abducted
0: from europe to come here to the united states well,
2: yeah yeah <laughs> you, can, you can't hug your children with nuclear arms of course you can
1: but, you know, that, that's a really important thing. And that's when people get on, you know, we'll get into the social media garbage fire. But, you know, there's people out there that don't realize, you know, this was, this was the Apollo project. This was, this is what you get when an entire world decides that this is priority A number one. And the biggest minds in infectious diseases and virology worldwide get together and got told, You got unlimited resources. You got unlimited money. Just go make it happen. We don't care. Um, Suits were probably, I I think there's a lot of suits in the process that were just told, listen, shut up. This is happening. And the bean counters were basically told, we don't care how much this costs. The the, the, the downsides are too dangerous to consider. So, you know, You know, people like, yeah, when you throw it, when you back a dump truck of money and unlimited resources and unlimited stuff, you're going to get this stuff done. I mean, does anybody think that anybody in infectious diseases did anything other than study SARS-CoV-2 in 2020?
0: I Probably can almost not. Unanim- yeah, I, I can almost, almost unanimously tell you in every specialty of medicine, from psychiatry to critical care all the literature that was coming out was about this pandemic and, you know, its effects on every aspect of, you know, healthcare and medical science. And, you know, I think we, it's it's a little weird for us to comprehend because we're still living through it right now, but, you know, I think this will be a, a moment of time looked down uh, in history that, you know, really all the greatest minds and the not so greatest minds <laughs> were put on the task of trying to develop, a, a safe response to this, you know, really huge worldwide thing that we really haven't experienced to such a magnitude. I mean, yes, there was the 1918 flu pandemic, but you know, we really didn't have such globalization and other things going on uh, at that time that that our society was impacted as hard as it was now.
1: Right, and you know, so this to me is kind of the thing that that drives me crazy. Um, because you hear people at work, you hear people on the trucks, or you're in the, you know, you're in the EDs, and we're all gowned up, we're masked, we're gloves, we've got P100s on, we've got surgical masks over P100s, we've been wearing this stuff, like, for months, and the fact that this is coming out, and the fact that I hear from people, well, I'm not sure, I'm not going to take it, my thing, I'm kind of like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Do you want to keep living like this? Like, do you really want this? Do you want to spend your life like this? I mean, I kind of want to go around the room. Like, are, are you stunned to hear this, that you, you hear from healthcare clinicians, people who are in the business and you hear these people on your squads or in your, in your firehouse or in the departments and they're saying these things. And it's like, wait, what is wrong with you? Like, I don't get it.
2: Can anybody help me with this? Do you want a quick answer?
1: I, I want an, I, I don't <laughs> care. I mean, I, I just need something.
2: They're, they are willfully uninformed where the information is out there right in front of them to go find themselves. They would rather go to an easy Facebook meme, a political page they're a part of, um, some other little echo chamber, which of course, again, in social media or even in their workplace um, for a reason not to. They look for reasons to distrust rather than going and find... They, they rather an inconvenient lie... They rather a convenient lie than going through the work of finding the truth. And that's what we're here for, folks. Have a listen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that was a good plug. I, I,
0: think, I think that's not, like, I think that's, I, I would say I think that's true for majority of healthcare workers that may deny the vaccine. I, I think you see hesitancy for it um, and a lot of disinforma- disinformation, I don't think purposefully, um, in some communities that have been like historically disenfranchised by the medical uh, oh, monstrosity that is the United States uh, healthcare system and healthcare worldwide, um, you know certainly like Black Americans have been historically disenfranchised by the medical system with things like Tuskegee uh, experiments and such like that. So, mm. you know, in certain populations, I can certainly understand why there's a significant amount of hesitancy towards getting vaccinated, and that includes you know being from communities and being a healthcare provider um, because you know. Being a healthcare provider, you're kind of given a peek into how things work behind the scenes. And, you know, some things are rumors in the community because they're true sometimes. And, you know, certain people may see that, um, you know, but the reality of this vaccine is in this particular instance that, you know, those rumors aren't true. And I think that's where we as healthcare providers need to kind of step forward as a united front and squash these myths and kind of go into these communities and go amongst ourselves and say, hey, this is safe. This is something we should all be doing. Doesn't matter what party you're from. If you want a political party you're from, whatever your religion you're from, or no religion, background, whatever. Uh, if you want to get back to normal, you want to make sure you're safe and your family's safe and your friends are safe, um, then this is the best route to go forward. Unless you want to wait for us to maybe get herd immunity at some point, um, you know, which is uh, maybe a myth in and of itself. For yeah, the- and, I
1: mean-
2: and this is won't. the fastest way to her immunity. If it, you know, if, this, if it's even possible with this pandemic, this is the fastest way to her immunity. And,
0: and Joe, you- I'm just curious, your, your opinion from the fire department side, like what you've been hearing um, from guys and gals on your end.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I've been out of work for a little bit, um, but when I was in work, it was definitely a mixture on both sides. You know, those of us that took the time to look into it and look at the research that was out there, and make an informed decision versus the guys at the other end of the kitchen table that are sitting here saying, "Oh, uh, they're going to microchip us," or you know, all, all the other things you're seeing all over social media. That's what these guys are saying because that's what they're seeing on social media. You know, they're they're getting it from their buddy who posted this on on this platform, or or you know, tweeted this. Um, you know, most of us. Are smart enough and, and know enough to look into it and take the time to understand it, um, but we still, you still have those select few.
1: You know, maybe education is part of the problem. And you know, just to touch on the herd immunity for people out there saying herd immunity is going to work, that means at a one percent fatality rate, we're going to lose three million people, roughly, give or take a hundred thousand or so. Three million. Okay. That's, if you find that acceptable, I I don't really know what to say to you. But on the other hand of education, Joe, you're touching on something that, you know, Mm -hmm. let's talk about education. I mean, we have people, there are people on social media who, you know, love to spat their credentials and, you know, you know, I'm an EMT, I know medicine, like, you know, Joe, Caroline, tell us, how, how, much, how much training did you get in viruses or in infectious diseases in EMT Very training? little. Very
2: little. Yeah.
3: Brandon, I went through EMT school almost 20 years before Caroline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, even after the fact, what I've learned about any type of virus or, or, you know, when we went through Ebola and everything else was kind of how we learned it with this. Where hey, this is an issue. Two-minute class on proper PPE and what to expect, and how to treat those patients that are dealing with it, and hit the bricks, make me money, and bring me patients.
1: Yeah, it was almost like it was like, hey, kids, BSI, scene safety. Now go on out there and save lives.
3: Yeah, you know, it. it I, I. In our program, we we are trying to educate a little bit better, but. Even then, it's kind of you know we don't much.
1: Just because the time is so freaking limited, you know, even in paramedic school, and and I would argue that you know when when I went through with you know what what Mike and Kevin did in, in our in our respective training program, you know, we got pathophysiology, but it was six class sessions. Yeah, I want to teach two semesters of a four hundred level, uh, a lab class, a four credit lab class. And they were trying to teach it in six two-hour class sessions. It's almost impossible. And you know, the point I'm trying to make is: look, my paramedic card, my paramedic license does not give me the ability to refute science. Your EMT card does not give you the ability to refute science because you just don't know it that much. And you know, people who who don't have this background or don't have the education. I I think they get sucked into emotion and then they start spouting this stuff. And I don't even think they know that they're spouting it or what, what the consequences of this are. You know, when you're an EMT or a paramedic, when you say something on social media and we've, we've been on the social media thing, we've seen where it goes wrong. Um, When we see, when we spout, you know, this stuff gives us credibility. Somebody looks, you know, my, my, My relatives don't even know what I do, but they think I'm in medicine. So they'll call me about things I don't even have any idea over. Like, you know, I don't know, you know, should I get, should I take this, this medication? Yes, because the guy who went to school a lot longer than I did has made the decision and says, geez, you know, this is a really good choice for you. Yes, you should. Like, I think we have to get back to that somehow. Like we have to understand where our limitations are.
0: Well, I I would agree. Like from an EMS perspective and fire medical response perspective, your you know background, having gone through it, also is is limited in you know virology because there's really no good reason to learn virology as a firefighter, EMT, or paramedic outside of you know don't get the virus. Um, (laughs) But you know now that we have kind of entered into this new world of you know COVID, um, I think where we are seen in the public eye as you know, firefighters, police officers, uh, EMS personnel, uh, a a lot of trust is placed into these professions by the general public. And, you know, obviously people call because they don't know what you know, uh, and they think you may know more about certain things that you may have no idea about. But I think this presents a unique opportunity for us as, you know, public professionals. To learn, I I think, speaking as a physician, I think my job as a, especially as an ER physician is to teach my EMTs and paramedics and firefighters and police officers that come in because they're going to be the stewards to the public. About why this vaccine safe, so you all can go into your respective communities that you may already have you know, trust with because they know you because, oh, you come to grandma's house every week to give her D50 because she gets hypoglycemic or, oh, firefighter Joe has taken my cat out of my roof six times already this year. He's so nice. I wonder what his thoughts about the COVID vaccine are. Um, you know, but that's that's the reality of the world we live in though, right? Like. I, You know, people aren't going to trust what CNN or Fox News is going to tell them. They're going to trust what Joe the firefighter is going to tell them, or Dan or Kevin the paramedics is going to tell them, or Caroline the EMT is going to tell them. And that's why, you know, it's important for me as a physician to spread the knowledge I've spent a lot of years in medical debt getting to you guys so you can go into the communities and teach everybody else. And that's also another reason why it's important for podcasts like this to virtually do that for you listeners who are listening to this, uh, to learn like key facts about, what is going on with this vaccine and why it's safe and also to have like a good time hearing us vent about like all the other BS that it goes on.
1: Yeah. And it, it's not just, it's not just this. I mean, we're still, look, I, I was on social media this morning and I saw somebody talking about getting fentanyl absorbed through the skin and overdosing.
2: We're Again? Still on this?
1: Yeah, we're still on that. This. This, <laughs> people are still doing this and you know, you, you, you it doesn't work like that. Like, uh. It's just this stuff just keeps getting, it's a fire. It's like one of those stupid birthday cancels that you can't blow out. Like it just keeps catching fire. And, and you know, maybe maybe the, maybe the issue here is social media. Um, this has been a thing. Look, we're on social media. We, we use social media to interact with our audience. Uh, you know, I look at it as a necessary evil. There's platforms that I would really wish we weren't on because they're such shit and they're borderline evil um you know but this has really become a garbage fire um of just you know emotion with no thought re- you know reason without rationality like i, I mean as, let's just go right like what's the craziest thing you've seen on social media about covid right now
3: for me well it's been I, the, the,
1: the, uh, I, I've got the, the microchipping thing was insane.
3: Yeah,
2: birds aren't real, Dan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna keep going on the birds, aren't real. Yes, yeah. we? Yes, Reagan killed all the birds, Kevin. <laughs>
2: um, I mean, yeah, the microchipping thing is ridiculous. As they type that from their cell phone, that tracks their every movement, all their searches. <laughs> yes, you're already microchipped. You're holding it in your, in your pocket. Please stop. Um, <laughs> That's up there, the change, the, the, the mRNA, because they don't understand how DNA and messenger RNA works, is going to change their DNA. Um, I like to remind people that roughly 8 to 10% of their DNA is made of ancient viral DNA from your ancestors, so shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, listen, if, I don't know if you can follow me on Facebook and just watch me troll other people, or I shouldn't say troll, I should say educate others in a demeaning way. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to go.
0: Let it, me uh, let me bring some science into this for a second. Um, so, to you know, that's one of my favorite myths is about how you know vaccines will alter your genetic code. So, the COVID vaccine uh, is an mRNA vaccine. This is going to be a science alert for those of you who don't want to listen to science to tune out for thirty seconds. Um, you could so, just you, you know. could
2: just unfollow the podcast at that point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So, you know, for those of you who've taken a science course at all, uh, you've heard the mantra, DNA makes RNA, which makes protein, mRNA is RNA, the little M just stands for messenger, which is exactly what it sounds like, just imagine like a little messenger boy carrying some RNA. Um, So the mRNA vaccine carries a little bit of RNA, which is just kind of think of it as a letter that gets sent to a cell to tell a cell to read the letter to make something like a recipe. So the mRNA vaccine delivers this recipe to the cell, which then makes a little bit of protein, not a full vaccine, but a little bit of protein, which is quickly broken down. And then this little bit of protein that's quickly broken down is taken up to the top of the cell and then is shared to all the immune cells to say, hey, this is not a a piece of protein we made ourselves. This protein came from outside of our body. Let's make sure we develop an immune response to it. So it doesn't go into your DNA at all. DNA is not even factored into it. DNA yeah. in your body makes RNA, but this is RNA that we're inserting. So this is kind of a recipe that we're inserting. Think of it like as an upgrade. If you play video games, it's an add-on. It's something you, you don't make, you know, by itself. You didn't get the the baseline package with it. This is just an add-on you can add on to your body to, you know, give you extra immunity. That's body, all mRNA vaccines are. Body DLC, baby. Hell yeah. And this one's free.
2: Yeah. Human, <laughs> human downloadable content. Great. Where are you, where are you at, Fortnighters? <laughs> um,
1: yeah I, you know and i think what stuns me too is there's there's a lot of people that i've thought that are very educated physicians ner- you know advanced practice people and some of them are buying into this you're hearing that you know they're, they're not going to get it or they don't believe in it or they think you know they don't think that this this vac the, that this virus is serious um you know Rational thought again is being drowned out by insanity, and I think what you know, Kevin. This one I'm lining this up for you. This is just perfect. What what you know because you do it on social media on a regular basis. What do you say to colleagues colleagues who are engaging in this?
2: Like well, like colleague, colleagues and coworkers. I do my best to educate them. Strangers on the internet, I I ratio the best I can because <laughs> because you know I mean i right, I'm I'll I got into it with somebody who is a EMS director in a large state that is severely impacted. I won't say any name blown Star State, but he's an EMS director in one of the counties. And he was saying how, talking about how masks don't work or they're ineffective. And then we got into it about the um, vaccine itself. Um, Long story short, after being, you know, condescending in my way, but also factual with links and articles and his responses were memes and Words on pictures because you know he's a. Tr- I don't have the time or the crayons to to really explain it to somebody like my Ken, But uh, <laughs> he went on to delete the comment after others jumped in and jumped down his throat. So after, I'm I'm happy to see there's a little bit more umph coming from the pro-vaccine side rather than just and then. But the other thing is, I see like our co our own coworkers that are places, and I'm sure other places are posting um, polls like, hey, are you going to take the vaccine when it's available to you? And the amount of no's I'm seeing is staggering. And in those, I like to say, hey, and give, again, facts, you know, links, like this is why it's safe, this is why it's effective, and I'll be sure to be linking this show from here on out. But it's it, it blows my mind just how scientifically illiterate some people in a science-based field are. And I'm kind of, I'm running out of spoons here. I, I don't really have too much more to give here. I mean, I exhausted myself during the election, which is a story for a different podcast that we don't have, but like uh, my, my, my social gas tank is at a, is, is running low here. So I would, if I have anything, please just, just Google from reputable sources, ask a doctor. If you don't trust doctors, what are you doing in healthcare? Um, if you don't trust the government, what are you doing public service for? Um, especially if you work for a municipality, you say you don't trust the government. It blows my mind that you still take their paycheck. But again, another podcast for another time. Um, you just make, you all make me so full of hate and anger. And I'm really not a, I'm not an angry or mean person. Danny can tell you I'm one of the most patient people he's ever met. Uh yeah, no, you're
1: you're pretty chill.
2: So it's funny I, to watch you rage. I know.
0: I, having worked for, having worked with you for several years, like I can also vouch Kevin is one of the kindest individuals, but getting him worked up or, or on something is the best thing ever.
2: I have social media road rage essentially, like <laughs> I get mad at strangers for no reason other than the fact that they have a differing, they have a they have an incorrect opinion of the situation which can be, you know, if it can be destroyed by the truth, it deserves to be destroyed by the truth. Carl Sagan, look it up.
0: <laughs> and, and Joe, I'm, I'm just curious because you're like our resident TikTok guy. But, uh, and Anna's the resident TikTok girl, your wife. Yeah. Um, what is the craziest thing you've seen on social media?
3: Well, besides, uh, like I said before, the microchipping, but then the fact that people are turning this into a political thing, uh, I just saw on one of the, of the platforms, some uh, somebody tweeted, posted something about a, uh, it being racial, um, you know, it's just ignorance at its finest. Um, you know, then seeing other professionals and clinicians going on social media and posting, like, I'm not going to get it. I don't think anybody should get it. And you consider yourself a respectable clinician. Like it, it just is blowing my mind, bro. Um, <laughs> I support a lot of these people that are on there, you know, um, on TikTok. And in and of itself, um, there's quite a few nurses and doctors that are posting videos of themselves when they were getting the vaccine, and posting periodical like uh, videos throughout the day to say, "Hey, look, I still feel fine. I feel normal. My arms are a little sore, but." The flu shot hurt more, um, you know, and just spreading the knowledge and, and showing people that it's, it's not that bad. Um, I, I support those people, but there, there's uh, – I think Dan put it the best. It's, it's a dumpster fire on social media.
1: It is certainly a dumpster fire. I, yeah. Did anybody see last week there was a nurse who was on TikTok, and she went viral because she basically went out and said – I don't wear masks. I don't wear masks when I'm out. I have my kids over have play dates and I really don't care because this is what I do. And when she told her what she did, she was an oncology nurse. (sighs) So somebody who's giving, you know, chemotherapy to immunosuppressed people and who are sick with cancer and you're taking that kind of risk and bringing it back to your patients. Are, are we at the point where I think we need to just be saying, if you're not believing in the science, if you're not, I mean, look, I get a religious, I get your religious beliefs. I understand. I don't understand it, but I respect it. I, I obviously know that and Mike can probably go into it. There are certain populations that this vaccine will not be recommended for. Definitely. Um, and that's, that's sad, but that's also a necessity. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing, but I I think, are we at the point, guys, gang, that um, are we at the point that we just start saying, listen, if you're not going to support this, you're a bad clinician.
2: Um, Well, uh, show me where in the Bible, Torah, Quran, name your religious text or asterisk book, where it says masks and protecting others is against your religion. I just want to know where that comes up. Um, Please, please text me. You can go right, you slide to my DMs (laughs) with that. You know I love it, but no, for real. Like, there is where does it say anything about a mask being a religious exemption? A vaccine, I kind of get. Um, no, not really. That's stupid. I, I don't get it at all. <laughs> actually, now that I think about it, the only the some the only ones I really understand to an extent is like Jehovah's Witnesses not accepting blood because it's some you know body. Autonomy, you know, someone else's blood. I, I kind of get that, but that's just still a dumb position to take. And you know, we know science and religion often clash. But that doesn't We're, hurt other people, Kev. Like, no, it doesn't. Right? If, I'm a, I if I'm a witness
1: and I decide I'm not, I don't want blood products, and I'm in a trauma.
2: Yeah, it's your fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I might, I might, yeah, I might. Can class. I, can I donate blood and say I can't be used on certain populations because of my religion? No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So shut the fuck up and accept
0: it. I, um,
1: I think. I, yo, I think Joe, we were talking before the before we got on. Joe brought yeah. up. Um, Joe, were you talking about something from the, the Catholic Church the conference? Yeah, at- the um,
3: the United States Conference on Catholic Bishops, which is pretty much every bishop in the Catholic Church in the United States, came out and said they are supporting getting the vaccine and consider it an act of charity because you are helping humanity.
0: Can I can I uh, use this to carry over the dumbest thing I saw on social media? Yes, uh, I love it. Just, you just, you literally just reminded me of it. It was a whole bunch of people on Twitter sharing these tweets. Uh, so the Pope tweeted to get the COVID vaccine and wear a mask essentially. And people were like, on what authority do you speak? And their Twitter profiles were like faithful Catholic of like 30 years, whatever. Uh, I just thought like that was like hilarious because I think the unfortunate reality is, as we discussed, this, this vaccine and COVID has become politicized, not just in our country and in, in a lot of, you know, uh, you know countries around the world. Um, but, you know, just to speak to this myth about you can't trust it because it's politics, you know, no one scientist sat there and made this vaccine. This was a collaborative worldwide effort. Uh, There were people who were Republicans that were making this vaccine. There were people who were Democrats. There were people who were working in uh, non-democratic governments that were making this vaccine. There were people who didn't give a shit who their government was making this vaccine. Um, You know, this was really one of these worldwide efforts that's going to be looked back in history as a monumental feat by humankind uh, to, to, you know, topple this virus. And I think the idea that it's politics is a very narrow-minded approach to it. Um, you know, the vaccine I just got in my arm is the same vaccine someone in the United Kingdom and in India and in China is going to get. Uh, you know, it doesn't change just because we're here in the United States. Um, it's not a political thing, and it's certainly not a religious thing. And if the effing Pope is telling you to take the vaccine, take the vaccine. Yeah, he, he tells you not to eat meat on Fridays, and everybody's
1: running around for a filet of fish sandwich. And, you know, now he's
0: uh, like, oh. Fridays are McRib Day, my man. oh yeah yeah. if you're listening to this podcast the McRib is back for a short time only you should go now to get it we are in no way (laughs) sponsored by McDonald's listen if you don't hopefully
1: eat a goddamn McRib I I don't think you really care about what you're putting in your
2: body no in fact I know what I'm having for lunch tomorrow thanks (laughs) Danny
0: can we include in the tagline for this podcast that we talked about the COVID-19 vaccine slash McRib
2: yeah, sure. let's talk about the COVID mcrib. McRib. The COVID mcrib. Listen, if you put the vaccine in a mcrib, you, you more people are going to take it.
0: I was just thinking that. Put it in the sauce, man. The, the mcrib <laughs> sauce is the best.
2: <laughs> yeah, here, here you
1: go. A Szechuan sauce mcrib that we put the COVID vaccine into. <laughs>
0: This, this goes into so my idea that like I want to open up
1: them, like the pills and the bologna, like the bologna's there. So like they don't, the dogs don't know the pills in there. Like you don't tell them the vaccine. You <laughs> tell them, yeah. hey, here's your McRib. Like that's. Yeah. Here's exactly. your trip, I mean
0: it? vaccine. This goes into my belief that I want to open up a standalone emergency department with an in and out burger attached to it. Like something cool. to build an attraction, but also treat the reaction.
1: So Mike, you, you got your shot uh, today, right?
0: Yeah, I got it this morning. I was number 68 in line. Um, middle of a huge line. Uh, it was a, it was a good experience. I can talk about it a little bit. Yeah, how
1: are they doing it logistically? How is it how is it working? Did it seem like it was pretty smooth? I mean, day one rollouts for a lot of things are always kind of screwed up, but um, just take us through it. What what are you going to expect when it comes to the year turn? Yeah, I'm
2: glad
0: I'm glad they're doing this better than the PS5. <laughs> or the Nintendo or uh, Animal Crossing during the beginning of COVID. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. Um, so, you know, rollout was, I, I think, it's probably going to be the same at most places and talking to other people uh, that have gotten it already, it seems to be pretty pretty uh, unanimous way of approaching it. Uh, you, you get an email that the vaccines have arrived to schedule an appointment. Um, at our place, it worked a little differently because... Uh, there were like open slots. So you were just able to just like go up uh, and get the vaccine. Um, it just kind of felt like waiting in the counter at the deli. Uh, you get a little number that says, you know, wait here. And instead of uh, ordering some nice bologna and turkey, I got a COVID vaccine in my arm.
2: Or nice
1: McDonald's.
0: bologna. Listen, dude, I like bologna. Okay. I love <laughs> bologna. Bologna's
2: delicious. Even bologna if bologna and it- cheese on potato bread, give it. Hell yeah. And listen, the, the more questionable the meat, the better.
0: Like the McRib. Exactly. It always comes back to the McRib. See, this is why we were partners. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: so, so should we here? So, you know, we're coming up on a hard out and, you know, I think we've, we brought up a lot of good points, but here, here's the bottom line. The, the, I The question I asked in the beginning was, should we start considering people as bad clinicians if they're going to keep spouting this stuff?
2: Yes, uh, I, let's consider. Let's go. Uh, I don't want to say that. I was gonna say we should consider them bad people, but they're not all bad people. They're just misinformed. And
1: but no, makes you a bad clinician.
2: I, well, I, bad I, practice makes you a bad clinician. Being misinformed and doing the right thing anyway, you can still be. Listen, you can still be a good clinician and not believe that. Well, I don't know. Let's do an extreme case here. Maybe you don't think women should ever get cardiac medications because women are lesser than you. And if you give all your female patients the appropriate medications, you're still a good clinician. Technically you're a bad person, you are a good clinician or like, Oh, I don't think junkies should get Narcan, but you give Narcan appropriately. You're still a good clinician in the end. You're a garbage human, but you're still technically a good clinician on paper. Fair enough. But-
0: yeah, I, I think, I think we're entering into a very unique uh, social part of our life because I, I think things have become so dichotomized. Um, should someone be considered a bad clinician? I I think you should give them hopefully the benefit of of the doubt that maybe they haven't read all the research or or done anything. And maybe they're just trusting non, you know, valid sources for whatever reason, because this is a confusing time and people are stressed. Um, but I, I think, you know, you can make that judgment after hearing them out. And if they spew some crazy, you know, QAnon alt-right stuff that you're like, where is this coming from? You clearly don't want to listen to reality. Then, you know, I I think you can say maybe this person uh, should be reeducated about like certain things and, you know, maybe you shouldn't, you know, because I think the tough thing is it's not like we don't have a job that's influential to other people. Um, You know, as a paramedic, as an EMT, as a firefighter, as a police officer, as a doctor, um, you know, people come to these professions when they have a question they don't know the answer to or if they need help to a problem they don't know how to solve, Uh, whether that's crime, whether that's, you know, fire safety, whether that's a medical problem. Um, And this, you know, COVID vaccine really impacts all of those in some capacity, way, shape, or form. And, you know, I I think if you're giving people bad information about a deadly disease, uh, you should not be giving people information about it. So I, I think in that narrow part that, yes, you should be considered a bad clinician if you're actively telling people you know not to get vaccinated or you know not to wear a mask because that is impacting a lot of other people and the livelihood of another individual um and i, I just don't think that's like appropriate do you think
1: we should get mandated
0: should yes. all public safety yes.
1: and healthcare wo- workers be mandated to get this vaccine should
2: they yes will they i don't know
1: yeah, I don't, Yeah, I I feel you, Kevin. I, I don't think they're going to mandate it. Um, as of right now, our shop has not mandated it. Um, but I think we need to give serious thought to it.
2: Uh, um, listen, we're we're mandated to get flu vaccine, and you have the ability to say no to your like your hepatitis shots, uh, Hep B specifically. Um, but you need documentation of it, and frankly, there should be a little bit if you refuse the vaccination. You should be, maybe I don't know. Maybe you lose the ability to get workers' comp. Should you contract the virus and you're out of work? I mean, listen, we don't even know if in some places if you're getting workers' comp if you get it anyway. I, I thankfully I've been fortunate enough not to have it, but I think it should be mandated because we we're healthcare providers and this is not this disease is very real. It's not a joke, and if one per, if we have a one percent case fatality rate, that's not good. That's a lot of people and again, the flu kills a lot of people per year and we should be wearing masks during flu season. And frankly, I don't know if I'll ever do patient care without at least some form of like surgical mask or eye protection.
1: Yeah, I, I think definitely for me, I think my practice is going to change, especially, I don't know if I'm going to do an every patient contact after this is over, but I think intubations, aerosol generating procedures, I totally think I'll be wearing some kind of face protection. Not sure what it is, but I'm, I'm almost 100% sure
0: I will be. And Joe, I'm just curious your thoughts from like fireside. Do you think, you know, fire departments and law law, poli- law police, law people, uh, do you think those law people should uh, be mandated to wear masks with you fire people?
3: <laughs> so, you know, I've been thinking about that. And there's been a big push recently in the fire service with a lot of the big names in the fire service reminding us of, our reason for existence being that we're there for our community. Yeah. We have the brotherhood. Yeah. We enjoy the job that we do, but our main purpose and existence is life safety, saving lives and saving property. And then the number one being is saving lives. Um, I don't know if it should be mandatory. I know, higher ups and the organization I work for like all the way up there have said no we're not going to make this mandatory um but I do feel that even if it's not mandatory given the nature of and our uh you know the the main reason we exist being there for our community that we should then get it You know, look out for your patients, look out for the people that we're there for, look out for each other, you know, the guys that I'm living with for 24 hours a day, and then look out for your family that you're, that you're going home to at the end of your shift and get it. You know, why wouldn't you?
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think you, Joe, on your first episode, I think you summed it up perfectly, um, you know, I, I think this is something that we're going to have to address as clinicians um, and be out there debunking a lot of this stuff. Hopefully we gave you some good information. Um, we're going to put up the show notes and we'll link to a lot of this stuff that uh, Mike was gracious enough to uh, to uh, grab for us. Um, Tell us how you feel. Um, feel free to engage us on social media.
2: Yeah, I was just, just going to, sorry to jump in there, Dan. But yeah, totally feel free to message myself in particular. I can't speak to everybody. But if you have questions, I'll be more than happy to guide you. To the right. If you have questions about the vaccine, I'll be more than happy to share what I know and what we could you know, go and learn together about why this is safe and why you should get it. And um, I think, I, I, I know Michael would be more than willing with his free time as a physician. I know Danny would be. Um, so I can't speak for Jess since she's not here. Um, but if you have questions, please reach out to us. This isn't just do as we say. Like let's let's go. We're all in this together. Let's go through this together, and let's get the right information to the right amount of people so we can beat this
0: and have some McRibs
2: and have some goddamn McRibs Hell yeah. <laughs>
1: We're gonna we're gonna do the McRib thing, aren't we, Kevin?
2: <laughs> You're sure as shit we are tomorrow. You get ready.
1: <laughs> I oh god. Um, <laughs> I almost got one the other day. Did you really? Yeah. That's all.
2: No, you, you, Caroline, you failed as an intern. You did not get one. <laughs> no college credits for you.
1: Damn. <laughs> all right, everybody. So I think, I think we've broken this down pretty well. Um, you know, there's a lot of things on our minds and obviously we're coming to the end of this awful, awful year. Um, maybe 2021, hopefully will be better than what we dealt with. Um, if you got uh you know if like i said uh, like kevin said just uh reach out to us on social media tell us how you feel uh we're at over on EMS on twitter um over the overrun on facebook uh we do have an instagram we are currently in the process of putting up a discord so uh for people who want to reach out to us directly and talk that would be uh that's going to be something uh ju- that's just his little pet project and um you know, uh, we got merch. Christmas is coming. Go to the site over on productions.com. Um, pick up a, you know, pick up a t-shirt, pick up a face covering, um, baby onesie, whatever you need. Beer koozie. Um, Beer koozie, pet sweatshirts, um, you know, help help us out. You know, we're, we're, we're low on money. Um
2: Wow. Wow. No shame. shame. (laughs) Wow.
1: We're a poor poor podcast. Can we fix
2: that in post? My god, Daniel.
1: (laughs) Well, no, now that you went off on it, no, it's gotta be in there for the entertainment.
2: Jesus. (laughs) Do you okay, dude? You need some money? I don't have any, but do you need some money? (laughs) Let's start a GoFundMe. (laughs) Yeah. Start an OnlyFans. No, we're (laughs) not. Only Dan's. We've talked about this. <laughs>
1: oh, all right. That's
2: going to have to get post. We're going to have to do some post work on this. No, no, no. We're leaving it. If we get it listed, Dan, if we get enough groundswell for an Only Dan's, you have to do it at least. Like No. no. no, no, no,
1: no. All right. For the overrun, I'm Dan Schwester.
2: I'm Kevin Mazza. I'm Joe Ryan. I'm Mike Filippo.
1: I'm Intern Caroline. thanks for being with us and uh we'll see you next time
2: yeah get home safe and wear a goddamn mask
1: (laughs) thank you kevin wear your goddamn mask all right